We have cold weather chaos across the continent. It's extreme cold on the prairies, snow out west in BC. That snow in Vancouver is having a ripple effect across Canada with a whole bunch of flights getting cancelled. And in the States, they are dealing with unprecedented situations. It could get as cold as it's been in a long time, way out even in the Florida panhandle. So we'll get details from the National Weather Service in the U.S. of A. Giving the gift of food this Christmas. A farmer says from employers to wedding guests, pork is being given as a present. And a Colorado avalanche player. The other day he looked like he got tripped, but then he told the ref he wasn't tripped. He just fell on his own. So don't call a penalty. Had some fun talking about being a good or bad sport. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, December 21st podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Some good news, I suppose, for those who don't like the shorter days. The winter solstice is at 3.47 p.m. today. So the days start getting longer tomorrow. Yes. Well, there's still 24 hours in a day. We just start getting more daylight. <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> we I'm, get corrected I'm, all the time on that, right, Loren? Oh, the days I mean, don't get any longer. Yes, you just get more you. daylight. Yeah, but that's fair because there are people out there who might wonder, what's going on? What do you mean? Is it like 24 hours plus one? Or yeah. how does that work? Yeah. Like I, for a, one, Like a leap day. Yes, like a leap day. It just it just gets exponentially longer the longer you live. I, for one, am looking forward to that. And just I know it's just by seconds and then minutes, right, in the days sure. and weeks ahead. But I was just talking to one of our colleagues the other day about just being, like, really tired this time of year. And I think the darkness and that, that – um, yes, it's cold, and so we should see some blue sky today. But it feels like we've had a lot of cloud and gray and yuck. So if I'm going to find any blessing in the solstice and the cold, it's that it's going to be hopefully with more sun. You know what, though, I did, I was looking, I was checking yesterday. Don't jinx me. No, no, I'm not jinxing you. The, oh. the days are, <laughs> scientists say the days are actually getting longer. Wait. Oh, yeah, what? we had a story about that, like, by a split second, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, by, uh, apparently, over millions of years, Earth's rotation has been slowing down right. due to friction effects associated with the tides driven by the moon. That process adds about 2.3 milliseconds to the length of each day every century. <laughs> Every well, century. Every century. Come on. <laughs> you know, each this? day, every so, like milliseconds every day every, yeah, yeah. throughout the century. <laughs> oh, I thought it was every hundred years. And I was like, are we really talking about milliseconds every hundred years when most of us don't live to a hundred? I was very confused. Really what the math is saying, that it doesn't add enough for us ever to notice it in our lifetime. But it's nice to note. So, but if someone corrects you and says right. days aren't getting longer, oh, you can say actually. That. <laughs> oh, What's your email address? Guy. I have an article for you to read. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the winter solstice is coming today. The days are more daylight is coming, but it is indeed cold. And of course, we have uh, extreme cold across the country, and we have winter situations abound and uh, travel. It, it's a mess. Trying to travel, especially with people looking to perhaps visit family or friends, Loren, and uh, out west in particular. It's causing chaos across the country. 
oh, my parents live in Vancouver. And I said, what's going on? And they sent me photos of the view from their place. They've never seen snow like that in the years that they've been there. And of course, that snow is, uh, when you talk about snow, we all deal with snow. But Vancouver doesn't deal with it the way that we do. They don't have the equipment. They don't have the wherewithal. They don't have the knowledge. And so, of course, that's causing chaos on the roads. I was just listening to a piece out of the Okanagan where there was just just havoc on the roads for people just trying to get to and from different destinations. Then, of course, you have the flights. And Vancouver is a major hub. You have lots of people crisscrossing the country to get to and from Vancouver over the next five, six, seven days. And when there's delays, we know in one major hub, there's ramifications elsewhere. So if I'm looking at the airport in Winnipeg right now, we've got some cancelled flights in and out of Vancouver this morning. We've got a cancelled flight uh in and out of Calgary. Uh, I don't know if that's one that was pre-planned or if that's weather related. We've got some flights that are delayed. Again, could be because the ripple effects, right? One plane doesn't come, then they have to wait for another plane. And that could be meaning that even if you're going to Montreal, away from the cold, in theory, or away from the snow, you could be in trouble. And Greg, we're going to talk to Environment Canada in our next segment, but we're also going to talk about the states because the states, if you're going there, man, there's some places they're going to see cold they haven't seen like that maybe ever. Yeah, Colin McCarthy, uh, I follow him on Twitter, at US underscore Stormwatch. He's a student at UC Davis in California, but he tweeted out yesterday, this week tens of millions of Americans are about to experience one of the coldest days of their life. Wind chills as cold as minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit in Wyoming and Montana. Negative wind chills as far south as Austin, Texas, and even single digit wind chills in the Florida panhandle. He's calling it, Brett, deadly cold. Deadly cold. Okay, that is interesting to hear it described like that. But yeah, if you're not used to it, what do you do? So we're going to have well, more. Oh, go ahead, Loren. I just wanted to inter- You said minus 70, Greg? Correct. Fahrenheit. So, so that's minus 56 that, uh, as a temperature. Now, if this is a feels like thing, that becomes harder to confirm. We're still yeah, talking wind about chills. They're ca- talking wind chills right. at this so point. Then, right. So that feels like minus 50 or minus 55 with the wind. I mean, I don't even know if we've felt that. I don't know if I've ever had that here. Maybe once. I don't know. Pretty unusual in these parts, too. Yes. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And as Greg referenced, Environment Canada meteorologist Robin Dick joins us now live on The Start. Robin, good morning to you. Good morning. So um, we, we the extreme cold warning was short-lived in southern Manitoba, or at least in Winnipeg. It was in effect yesterday morning in southwestern Manitoba. What can we expect, though, for the next few days in terms of the cold? Yeah, sure. We did end that extreme cold warning this morning. Uh, we are seeing some moderation, so temperatures are now warming up slightly. We're at minus 21, um, and uh, the winds have, uh, they're pretty steady but weak right now, about 10 kilometers an hour out of the west. Um, but so throughout the day, we'll see a bit of warming up. Um, not a ton, but uh, high minus 22 for today. We're basically sitting in this Arctic ridge of high pressure, which has brought with it some obviously frigid cold air. And uh, we don't really expect that to be moving out of the prairies too quickly. So we still do have extreme cold warnings out for, as you mentioned, most of Saskatchewan and into Alberta as well. And we should see some slight warming for tonight and the next couple nights, but that ridge doesn't move off too fast. We could see uh, some more extreme colds uh, in effect uh, at some point through the rest of the week. Um, but uh, it looks like uh, Christmas will be a bit chilly as well. So just a good thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, we, we're watching the cold, but also this this December, Robin, has brought just 
it feels like every other day there's been some snow and there is still some snow possible for tonight as well. A lot of precipitation for this time of year. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just uh, how the cookie crumbles, I guess I'll say it, in that uh, we have systems that uh, right now we're sort of in this Arctic system, as I mentioned, and then it's a bit of a battle between that Arctic air and, uh, as I mentioned, as this ridge moves off, we get into that westerly flow, and with that we do get um, low-pressure systems that cross the prairies and bring with them some precipitation. So uh, it's just sort of how, how each winter goes and what pattern we end up into it that determines uh, when the snow comes and when the cold comes. So, Robin, winter solstice, later on this afternoon that means uh, increased daylight uh, ever so slightly as we make our way towards uh, the new year loren was hoping for some sunshine today when might we actually see some sunshine here in southern manitoba well, it does look like, as, uh, as your uh, co-host there has mentioned, that we do have uh, some snow expected for uh, later on today, this morning, as we do have a bit of a system moving across the prairies that brought us just a couple centimetres of snow to southern Saskatchewan overnight. So we're not expecting too much, uh, another couple centimetres for, uh, for Winnipeg tonight. Um, but we do see a bit of clearing um, into, uh, I'm just looking out here, into maybe Friday. Um, but we actually want to, we prefer the cloud. The cloud keeps us warm. Uh, so as soon as you see that, that clearing, and as I said, we're sitting in this Arctic ridge, uh, then you'll see the really cold temperatures. So as much as kind of a, a catch-22, you want the sun, but uh, the cold temperatures come along with that. And before we let you go, Robin, is Vancouver expecting more snow this week? Oh, you know, well, that's a whole other monster that I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I hear they're getting uh, not just the snow, but some Arctic outflow out there too. So it makes it pretty treacherous. A lot of snow, snow that they're not used to and then cold that they're not used to either. So it does sound like it's uh, quite rough out there right now. All right. Environment Canada meteorologist Robin Dick joining us live on 680 CJOB. Robin, thank you very much for this. We appreciate it. No problem. Have a great day. We want to give you some Manitoba Moose tickets. This has to do with a rather unique situation that happened in the NHL. Mackling, what went down? This was Monday night, and this audio is from the video from Altitude Sports. The game is New York Islanders at Colorado Avalanche. The top defenseman in the league may be looking to add most gentlemanly player to his list of accomplishments. We'll see. A penalty was called by the referee. There's no penalty on the play. I think Kale McCarr actually talked the referee out of it. Kale doesn't get tripped there, just blows a wheel. Can you do that? Can he say, hey, no penalty referee? I don't believe that happened. Well, that's what he did. I mean, the referee definitely had his arm up. Kale skated toward him and waved his hand like, no, 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 and shook his head. And then there was the conversation at center ice with Barzell. So listen, if you get it right, you get it right. But so, I've never seen a guy actually say, nah. I've never seen it before. I don't know if I'll ever see it again. Kale McCarr saying, no, I didn't get tripped there. I just fell down. And so the rest called off the penalty. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that either. So here's what we want to know from you at 204-780-6868. We want you to tell us a story about being either a good sport or a bad sport. Or perhaps being on the receiving end of said good sportsmanship or bad sportsmanship. And it doesn't necessarily have to involve sports. Could be a game, could be whatever. Uh, 204-780-6868. The voice of sports on 680 CJOB on the start, Cameron Poitras. Why don't we start with you? Uh, I like to think I'm a good sport. Uh, I like to think that I have, uh, I'm, I'm calm, I'm a good loser, I'm a good winner. Except when I play my brother's. 
And then the competitive juices within me starts to flow, and I hate to lose. I get ticked off. I get annoyed. I um, And I don't know what it is. I can lose to all my friends. It's no problem whatsoever. Like the amount of games of Axis and Allies or Risk that I played with my brothers that ended in like one of us walking away ticked off. I think it was the enti- was every single one or anything that we do together. So that's something I'm personally working at. Uh, but I'm sure my brother feels exactly the same I way. Would All both of it. my brothers feel exactly the Sibling same. Sibling rivalries are the best. <laughs> <laughs> the juices oh. start to boil. Yes, yes indeed. Loren McNabb, what about you? Well, that is, I just changed my whole story now because that reminded me. We Have you ever played Taboo? No. It's a board game. And <clears throat> we never had, we never actually, <laughs> we never can't actually say that had, word. You can't, it's sort of like charades, but you have to like, uh, help, people have to guess the word that you've clicked on or the term or the actor or whatever. And you can't say like Tom Cruise, you'd have to, you know, uh, he was in Top Gun and you know, that kind of thing. But in our family, we actually never had the board game. We, we called it budget taboo because we never had the game. And so we would just create our own game with pieces of paper. And we always did girls versus boys for some reason. And my sister and I are hyper competitive and we did it with, you know, politicians and world leaders and, and every once in a while you drop in a name from Mendoza or something like that. And we were like, hi- we're hyper competitive with it. If you don't know, if you don't know the clue, pass it on, like pass the bowl on. We're trying to get as many guesses and wins for the girls as we can in a round. And I am, I, I don't know if I'm ashamed or not ashamed to say that we have, up until my, my brother's married, when they would bring home girlfriends over the years, we would hands down be in the corner later and be like, she can't, she can't be in this family. She was terrible at that game. Like she just can't be part of our, part of our family. What a terrible budget taboo experience. <laughs> and then we would judge them. Like we'd just be like, you're out. Like you, you seem great. Her? You cut your sister. <laughs> it was just when we were younger in our early twenties and you know, the girlfriends weren't around. We didn't cut them out. We weren't, we, we didn't say it to anybody's face, but afterwards we'd be like, I don't know, man, that but, was, it. but you wanted to, but we wanted to like, why are you here? Like contribute to budget taboo or get out, you know, put the pink piece of paper in the drawer in the morning. They open it up. Oh boy. I'm out. Merry Christmas. You can't come back again. Jeff Braun. What about you? I had a similar situation as cam where in general, I'm a pretty, uh, you know, good sport about things but when i play cards with my mom specifically crib both of us are sore losers and really sore winners like it is if there are kids around mom and i can't play cards together because it is a disgusting display of just rubbing it in the other person's face Uh, (laughs) she's still mad at me because i skunked her in crib once i took a picture of it put it on facebook and let her have it on on the internet for all to see and uh, I have no regrets about it because she deserved that. Play, play better, Mom. Don't get skunked. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Tyson in Master Control filling in for Forte. You got a story for us? Yeah, it's nothing too crazy, though, either. It was just a baseball city finals and uh, made, made a pretty good catch in foul territory. But uh, when I hit the ground, the ball just slipped out and, you know, just did a little sleight of hand, put that ball back in the glove yes. and hold it up. Be like, oh, yeah, no, it made that, I made that catch 100%. There and you then, go. And it reminds me of this commercial a couple of years ago about it was a basketball game and it was about sportsmanship. And the guy says, coach, I, I touched the ball. And the coach is like, you know what? You're right. And then they tell the ref and they reverse the call. And every time I watch that commercial, I'll be like, man, that guy's so lame. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd hate to have that guy on my team. <laughs> See, we were saying that yesterday, Tyson, like as proud as, it, as as great as it was of that player to say, no, 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 I just fell. He didn't trip me. 
it depends on the game. Like, if it's a championship game and he's your teammate and you're down one nothing, and it's, say, it's overtime or something, you wouldn't, would you be happy with that teammate in that moment? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it sounds terrible, but you wouldn't be, right? That's no. that's because that's sports, right? Sometimes you get the calls and sometimes right. that you don't. And when you get a call that works in your favor, sometimes you just got to let it ride. What was that commercial for, by the way, Tyson, the basketball one? I think it was just like a PSA. I'm not sure if it was like an actual company, but okay. I remember that. That's ingrained in my brain. Uh, Mackling, what so about you? Lame. You take that call and run most of the time. I guess it was, I thought we were trying to have positive uh, things here. Good sportsmanship, but. Uh, I'm this positive pa- I beat my mom at crib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a positive experience exactly. for you, right? Jeff? And I'm positive we landed on some good wives in the family. We got rid of all the non possible <laughs> candidates. So I feel like that is a positive story. All right. Well, I like the way we're spinning this around. It's great. Uh, this past summer, uh, my boy won the city championship in uh, baseball, and he managed to hit the, the game-winning hit, knocked in the game-winning run. The best part of it, coaching the other team, was my best friend from high school. So I, I didn't rub it in, but I'm on the air right now, and since you guys are rubbing it in to all your family members, hey, Leo, that felt really good, buddy. <laughs> I never beat you at anything in high school. Beating you this past summer was fantastic. Just this past summer. Yeah, just this past summer. I hadn't seen him in like 22 years. We were best friends for years, and we don't need to get in the story. And it was so great to see him, but it was even better to beat him. Nice. Good. <laughs> my, uh, my example actually goes back to high school. It was a high school basketball game. Our team, uh, Collège Pierre Trudeau, we weren't exactly a powerhouse, but we were a decent team. And although Transformers Ian, who might be listening, would uh, beg to differ, he went to TCI. But we were playing in this tournament in Beausajour, and it, it was a Friday. We had a game on Friday, a game on Saturday, and the Friday night game, we, uh, we were, we, we, the game was like 60 seconds left. One of the guys was taking a foul shot. Um, and I was standing out, you know, beside the basket next to the guy that I was defending the whole game. And he was a good player. He was probably their best player. And he scored a lot of points and he looks at me and he says, Hey, I, I outscored you by a mile. And then I said, Hey, and I pointed to the scoreboard and said, we outscored you yes. by a mile. <laughs> That's right. And so that, that was actually, to me, that was a, that was kind of a big moment for me because I think that's where I learned like the team comes first. I don't care that you yes. defeated me individually. Our team defeated your team, and that's what oh. matters. We always Not had that. Mention- we always had the philosophy in football. Somebody would scra- you know, smack talk you, or whatever. Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> you know, with a, you know, an interesting uh, terminology right after that. Uh, a well, that's slander. why I'm impressed that you remembered also the chirp because it's in that moment where you're like, gosh, like an hour later, you think of the comeback you should have said. You know, like the jerk stores out of you. The jerk stores out of you. <laughs> yeah. I was. All, I guess I should be proud as well because I'm not a witty guy. Jeff Braun right, on the couch moment. potatoes. Jeff Braun is the wit guy, and I'm just the loud fart noises guy. But uh, to be able to come up with that right I on the spot. You Brett That's Mary. what I'm saying. It's not just that you won. You came up with the right line in that moment. You weren't like 10 years later. And yes, we're beating Toronto right now on the big scoreboard. That's an inside joke that we don't have time to explain because we're already over. So text us at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win moose tickets. A good sport or bad sports story. Jeff Braun with the news is next.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Coming up after Global News at 7.30, we are going to talk about the travel chaos that is happening across Canada. We'll speak with Marty Firestone from Travel Secure. And then a bit later on at 8.05, we're going to head south of the border because Mackling, the parts of the U.S. are expecting all kinds of chaos. All the way into the deep south, into Texas, into the Florida panhandle. Never mind the minus uh, 70 Fahrenheit temperatures with the wind chill in Montana and Wyoming. You're getting into the deep south with some of these single-digit temperatures right around the freezing mark and on the Celsius scale. Those homes are not built for that. They have paper-thin walls. You want paper-thin walls, Mark Mathot? Go to yes. Texas. <laughs> okay, not the Fairmont in Winnipeg. Go to Texas where they may not even have insulation in the walls, the, the single-pane windows in some locations. And so this could be uh, a deadly event uh, in, in certain circumstances if, if things go completely wrong. So we'll check in with the National Weather Service in the U.S. at 8.05. For months now, there have been long lineups for a hot meal at Silo Mission. At Harvest Manitoba, they've handed out an unprecedented number of hampers. And over at the Christmas cheer board, the demand for a little help this holiday season has never been greater. Yeah, and yesterday, the cheer board put out the call for drivers. They needed to get 8,000 hampers out to those in need. Well, guess what? They did. Volunteers stepped up and delivered all the hampers. So if you're planning to go out and help today, they're good. And we'll have more on that later on this morning. But this really just highlights all the people in need this year, Loren, and the people who are looking and and willing to help. Yeah, there's a need for volunteers. There's a demand to just step in and say, I can give you a hand. And perhaps even that comes with the kind of gift you give. Putting a simple meal on the table maybe has never been more difficult. And so this text from our next listener really caught all of our attention. Ian Smith is a farmer, and he let us know yesterday in this text, quote, I have had more people this year ordering sides of pork as a Christmas gift because of the high price of food. One guy ordered five pigs to give to his employees this year, gift cut and wrapped. And Ian added that they've even had someone, you know, buy sides of pork as a wedding gift. It's, it's, it's a different kind of giving going on, which really tells a lot about what's going on in our community. And so we say good morning to farmer Ian Smith. Hi, Ian. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and I'm glad you reached out because I thought this was fascinating. I mean, we're all looking for different ways to give, and, and when it comes to that gift, I don't know how many would have thought about a side of pork, but what have you been hearing from customers? Well, it started about uh, four or five years ago, uh, one person buying a side of pork, and then it started growing a little bit and that, but uh, this year then it really blossomed, and uh it's the because of the price of food and that, but also my name's out there and that, and the ideas come up with, uh, you know, why not uh, buy a side of pork for Christmas for your uh, kids or for your parents or something like that. And, uh, yeah, it's really blossomed this year. And, uh, yeah, like uh, I said, uh, I got an order about two weeks ago or so, a phone call, and uh, a guy has a construction business up north, and he wants to... Uh, buy his employees uh, some pork so he bought uh, he's buying five pigs he won't get them till uh, february because i'm booked up in that but uh, that's fine with him and fine with his employees so uh, that's 
kind of touching to know that uh, you're putting food, well, putting food on somebody's table at that special time of the year, Christmas and that, and it's being given as a gift. Yeah. It, almost like Farmer Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Farmer Santa. Ian, it's Greg. Uh, great to hear your voice, and thanks for what, for all the time you, you're you prepared to give with us uh, and, and to bring us on the inside here. Tell us, like, a, a side of pork. Some of us know what that is. I don't know how much pork that is. Can you walk us through it just a tiny bit and, and the cost of something like that? Yeah, well, a side of pork, uh, you know, would uh, dress out to about uh, 100, 100 pounds, 120 pounds. You'd be paying on that basis, 120 pounds roughly. And uh, you'd get about, uh, actual. if you weighed it up, you'd get about 85 pounds of actual meat and that. And so you get your hams, bacon, pork chops, or loin roast, whichever your choice. And uh, butt steaks or butt roast, shoulder roast. If you don't want shoulder roast, smoke it, then it's a picnic ham. Or put that into the trim, uh, the shoulder, and make more sausage, your pork hocks and your, uh, um, uh, your ribs and that too. So, yeah, you get a good variety, and there's lots of people that make a big variety. You know, some I find Icelandic people and German people really like the pork chops smoked. Well, you can't really find uh, smoked pork chops in stores, so it's your uh, custom way of how you want that to side of pork cut and wrapped and processed for yourself. You say how you want it, not how I want to give it to you. And it's all free delivery. So, Ian, the Loren mentioned a, a wedding gift situation. Can yeah. you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, that was uh, kind of uh, unusual. That's happened twice this year I've had that request. Uh, yeah, a young guy, he, uh, they've bought pork from me in the past, and uh, he thought, oh, you, you know, he... I have the understanding that somebody had given the newlyweds a freezer, and you thought, well, just buy them a side of pork to put in the freezer and that. And then I don't know if it was the same connection or not, but later in the year, uh, another side of pork was going for a wedding. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, neat and special, but, I mean, why not? It's food, and we all need food, and it's something that... uh, you, uh, I don't think many people would uh, refuse either or complain about. No, and, and now more than ever, Ian, you highlighted that. Are people talking about just the costs overall? And, and is that, you know, making them think maybe I should buy wholesale like this direct from a farmer to fill my freezer? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, so I'm not a rookie. I know what I'm doing here. And so uh, I've, I've been marketing the pork this way and hearing people wanting to buy direct from the farmer instead of Joe Sixpack down the road there or, or uh, Sobeys or all these big stores and that. They want to know where their product's coming from. And uh, besides selling pork, I sell beef too and uh, sell eggs. So at Christmas time, I've, I have heard in the past, people text me in the morning saying, we've had your bacon and eggs uh, that we bought from you and or we appreciate it. Now we're going into the ham later in the day or maybe a prime rib roast with Yorkshire pudding on it. So it's kind of touching to hear at Christmas time somebody texting you saying that they're having your product for their special meal of the day. Ian, if somebody wants to get your product, how do they get in touch with you? Um, My website, uh, www.naturalpork.ca. And I'm from Argyle, Manitoba here, just uh, north of of Stonewall and north of Winnipeg a little ways. So it's not far. And one, just say that website one more time, Ian. 
naturalpark.ca. Ian Smith joining us live on 680 CJOB. Ian, thank you for giving us a heads up on this. This is a really unique story, so we appreciate uh, your time, and happy holidays to you, sir. And happy holidays to all of you guys and all the listeners out there in CJOB land. Take care. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and um, we're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us a story about being a good sport or a bad sport or experiencing good or bad sportsmanship. And I, I kind of feel like I'm about to be a bad sport because I just want to quickly revisit. We were talking with farmer Ian Smith, who's in Argyle, Manitoba, website naturalraisedpork.ca. Did both of you say you have tried his bacon? Mm-hmm. Yes. We're... How is it that you two ended up with his bacon and I did not? I'm pretty sure a couple years ago he volunteered to give us a taste test. And I'm going to find that email and prove that you just didn't reply. (laughs) Is that all it was? Yeah. I think so. Ian dropped the stuff off at my house. Me too. Actually, not at my house. I met him. He was out doing deliveries and he emailed the day before to say, like, I'm going to be in this area, this area, and this area tomorrow. I've got a couple extras, pieces. And um, okay, this is ringing a bell now. So yeah, I yeah, think that's what so, it was. Listen, bad sport. Well, I might have been listener. off. I might have been off that week. <laughs> well, we didn't care I, about I, that. I feel like the conversation <laughs> went. I feel the conversation went something like, "I don't cook anyway. Uh, I don't know what I would do with that." With bacon? I'm just saying. That's that's just what. Hey, that sounds comes familiar. To my, that's the story I'm going with. Brett was like, "I don't ear. like bacon," and we were like, "You're an idiot," and we moved on. I don't have I a frying pan. I don't have a spatula. <laughs> okay. Something like that. I'm worried that the smoke alarm is going to go off in my apartment. Something like that. When I fall asleep. <laughs> I'm finding this email. I'm proving that. No, no. Okay. Well, if that's what, if that's all it was, but I I was just like, what, how is this? Sorry, Brad. I wanted to make sure that I didn't like, if it's on me, it's on me. No, keeping this from you. (laughs) We haven't been hiding it from you. I I get it. Think about how mad I am when you guys just have food from the bombers or something delivered. And I'm just, it's, I don't get it just because I'm not there. Yeah. So. No, hey, that's that's totally fair. Okay, all right. Thank you for clearing that up. Because I was like, what? What did I? How did I miss this? Are I want to try, try are the we bacon. Still friends? Is everything okay? Oh, of course, I wasn't. Okay, I, I wasn't mad okay, at you. Just making, I just was, sure. I was May fourth, twenty twenty. You found the email. I found my reply to the email. Digital hoarding <laughs> pays off. Please forward that to me. And again, the website, by the way, naturalpork.ca. In the meantime, tell us the story, if you can, at 204-780-6868, about good or bad sportsmanship for a chance to win tickets to see the Manitoba Moose on January 21st. We want to talk travel and that chaos that was caused by that storm, but... Before we get into that a bit more, a message to anyone who is looking to help the Christmas cheer board out today. Less than 24 hours ago, Brett, the Christmas cheer board put out the all call for volunteers, all hands on deck, so to speak, asking for help delivering thousands of hampers. Well, Winnipeg, in usual fashion, you responded. Here's Shauna Bell of the Christmas cheer board. We had upwards of 8,000, but we had been calling um, a lot of our hamper recipients for uh, a couple days to see if some of them would pick up, and quite a few of them responded that they would pick up, which was fantastic. But yesterday, we had drivers lined up out the door on several occasions to come and help deliver. That, in addition to some very large uh, teams that came in to deliver, we managed to get 
every single last hamper out the door last night. We no longer need drivers, and I can't believe it myself, but we've checked our list and checked it twice. Here we are in this year where the demand has never been greater for for the food and the toys and the help, and yet there you have people lining up to also help and give back. What goes through your mind when you see that lineup of drivers and when you saw that response yesterday? Um, it really makes me realize how wonderful this city truly is. Um, when the cheer board puts out the call with the very wonderful help of you folks, we just managed to deliver. It's, um, it, it really is an incredible thing. The city is just, the people that live here are, are beautiful, wonderful people. You are. You're all beautiful, wonderful people. The cheer board was on with KK yesterday morning, uh, you know, between 10 and 12 as she filled in for Hal. And, and the cheer board said, we need your help. And you all responded. Thousands of hampers delivered in a matter of hours. Thank you for all you've done. Just a quick recap. They don't need volunteers. If you were planning to go help out today, and I actually, me and my kids were going to go after school, they don't need us. And that's great. So they're still open for the next few days in case you told the cheer board you were going to pick up your own hamper. And then they reopened again. Uh, on the 27th in case you don't have a time to get to that hamper. So big shout out to Winnipeggers. And man, the need is so great. We know that. This in just now from Stats Canada. Grocery prices climbed again last month, up 11.4% compared to a year ago. So the hits keep coming, but so does the help. Thank you, Winnipeg. While we keep an eye on the cold here... Out west, it's all about the snow. A storm system that led to cancellations and delayed flights at the airports right across the country yesterday and into this morning. Yeah, so for a period of time on Tuesday, there were no flights departing YVR as crews worked to clear the airfield and aircraft of snow and ice. I saw one picture of an, an airplane completely covered in snow at the Vancouver International Airport. And on the streets of Vancouver and into the Okanagan, Travel has also been chaotic. The lower mainland saw twice the forecasted snow amount with 30 centimeters in downtown Vancouver and 27 centimeters at the airport. And there could be more coming. We're going into that Christmas period where people want to visit family and friends. This is an opportunity for people to get together again. And if they're restricted or unable to do that because we simply haven't maintained our roads, I think the public rightly is going to be asking some some really tough questions and should be upset about that. That was Vancouver City Councillor Daniel Fontaine. And of course, that pertains to the roads and the airport situation in Vancouver. But the ripple effects we know extend right across the country. There were people who had situations delayed yesterday. We're going to check in to see if we might see more of that chaos today. And, And at the end of the day, we're talking about the fact that, yes, storms come every winter. But this holiday season was supposed to be kind of that back to normal and we're traveling again and we haven't been able to see family for two years. And now here we are. We have this storm. So Marty Firestone is president of Travel Secure and joins us now. Good morning, Marty. How are you? We want to ask some questions about, you know, whether there's any compensation in situations like this, Marty. But travelers just can't seem to catch a break the past couple of years, it feels like. And I I, I laugh a bit about it, but it's not funny for any of us. No, for sure not. We were really expecting that taking the restrictions away, that things would now go smoothly. But the good old weather has come into the picture now, and I think it's going to cause chaos this weekend, especially another storm expected in Ontario. So now right across Canada, you're going to have delays, and that's problematic for sure. Yeah, who would imagine that maybe over Christmas, uh, Winnipeg might be the best place to be in terms of getting a flight in and out as long as the aircraft can get here, Marty. So uh, help us out here. If I have a book... Uh, a flight booked rather this week and it's canceled due to weather. Does that change the type of compensation that I'm entitled to? Could it eliminate 
that potential altogether? Help us out. So it's the airline's responsibility to try to rebook you and put you on another flight. The question is, are they going to put you on another flight with another airline? The answer is no to that. So simply, if you want to get somewhere else and you try to do it on your own, you're going to face that bill on your own. So you are at the whim of the airlines to find you another flight. And here's the problem I said yesterday. If you only have a seven-day trip and you're already delayed one day or two days, I mean, what's remaining on your trip? Five days. It's not much of a trip. So it's a bit of a problem. But right now, if that's what you're depending on, then you got to hope the airline can find you another flight. So then what's your recommendation for anybody with a flight booked this week? Well, they, they got to be wary about, is it on time? Is it delayed? Is it even canceled? There were nightmare stories of people on tarmacs for 12 hours yesterday. So you have to call in. You have to also, a good handy tip is checking the flight that's coming in that you're taking off on. You see if that's delayed. If it is, of course, then you're going to be delayed. It's a ripple domino effect, as they call it. So the bottom line is you've got to check the websites, check the dashboards, check everything, and, and be able to see if you're on time, and then just hope that you're not sitting a day wasted uh, in your travel. So we, what happened in Vancouver yesterday was unprecedented in that they basically had to shut down for a brief period there, Marty. And I'm curious, you know, like, I get that Vancouver doesn't deal with the kind of snow that we're used to in Manitoba, even where you are in Ontario. But if this kind of system keeps coming through or these kinds of, you know, with seasons changing, should there be talks about airports being better prepared or having better equipment? Because I, I know we've had delayed flights in Winnipeg before, but I don't know if weather has ever shut us down. Yeah, this, this is really unusual when you think about it, especially Vancouver. And uh, it, it's something that we have to be prepared for. The problem is we have very little patience now. We're through three years of absolute chaos and havoc at the airport. So now you thought that's all behind us. But guess what? It's not because now the weather seems to be causing us the problem. So people just have to have a little more patience for sure this holiday season. Marty, I've flown into Vancouver dozens of times over the years and 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 fog will close that airport way more often than a snow will. So, so you know, this is a, a big change uh, for them in terms of operations. But in terms of me, if, if I have to change that flight on my own will i lose like will i get a credit at least yeah. from from the airline if yeah. say my WestJet flight is canceled and i got to find a flight on air canada absolutely if you're making that move and you're not using that ticket that'll be refunded but the cost of the new ticket with a different airline is definitely on your tab and what about what well, before we let you go marty what about the stay like if they say we had a story i think of a greg correct me if i'm wrong but a traveler who was delayed in winnipeg on his way to vancouver now he's here for two days so who who pays for that hotel or how does the accommodation part work if you're stuck in a city that's not your home yeah well that's where uh insurance is key here if you did buy cancellation and interruption insurance those costs could go towards that but if you didn't buy it then you're at the whim of the airport as to what they're going to give you, whether it's a a night accommodation or food vouchers or or taxi vouchers, things like that. So if you want to avoid being at the whim of an airline, then you do buy the cancellation and interruption, and it would look after things such as that. All right, Marty Firestone, president of Travel Secure, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Marty, thank you very much for this. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Take care. And Susan texting us at 204-780-6868 saying take a look at the weather in southern Ontario by the weekend. And it looks like it could potentially be dicey. They're expecting some snow and blowing snow in Toronto uh, starting on Friday. So hopefully that doesn't add to the consternation that people are experiencing as they try to get home for the holidays. Marty sounds concerned about that one as well and the situation. You know, these airports, they don't have the same sort of setup. 
as mm-hmm. we do in terms of the conditions and being ready for all the multitude of conditions that we have here in Manitoba. These are one-offs or two times a year in some markets. Sometimes it's once every four or five years. And so uh, the question about preparedness, I think, is a, is a valid one, Loren. We have, and I remember doing stories years ago, and I, I can't remember the year, but Toronto was all but shut down, Pearson Airport. I want to say six or seven years ago due to a storm. And that had people in other parts of the country saying, hang on, Winnipeg doesn't go through this. Like, how can we be better prepared? And so we show different examples of the equipment we have at the airport. But even if you guys can remember pulling in to, say, park at the airport, we've got cozies to keep the parking meters warm, right? We do all sorts of things <laughs> to adapt. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those little insulated little, it's yeah. like a beer cozy, yeah, but I it's saw, for the parking meter, yeah, right? Yeah, I saw that at the at the St. Bonifas Hospital yesterday. They, right. they wrap a blanket around the, the, the ticket dispenser. So we're, we're, this, we're this society that's used to... And I think that's where it's hard for us when you look west to Vancouver and you think, like, ah, come on, it's snow. Or you look, but even when it, we get bad systems here, we do struggle, but we're so much better equipped. Now you throw that into a state that doesn't deal with that at all. That's, that's trouble. And it's trouble not just for, you know, flights and cancellation and just chaos and stress. It could be life or death in some situations. So we'll get more into that with the National Weather Service in the U.S. just after eight. <music> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Paul Edmonds coming up in three minutes' time with the Wednesday Jets commentary. We just wanted to quickly revisit this. Loren mentioned it in our previous segment. Canada's annual inflation rate fell slightly to 6.8% in November. But Statistics Canada says grocery prices climbed faster last month with prices up 11.4% compared to one year ago. I, I'm so frustrated right now because, you know, when I think about the challenge and the concerns we have in our home, just about keeping up with some of the demands of not just the season, Greg, but just feeding your family. And you think, you know, you've removed certain things from the table where you might be doing a little bit less of this, a, a little more of that, just to sort of keep costs in check. And, and we're a dual income household. And now you look at the single income families or you look at just a single person. You look at all the people who might, you know, be in and out of jobs and struggling and you're at soaring food prices and and this whole idea that the bank of canada has raised interest rates really quickly this year we've had i think five straight months of hikes because it's supposed to ease this inflationary pressure we're feeling and we're not feeling it in fact i feel like every time i go to the store i'm like are you kidding me on yet another item where I, where it's not even remotely in the realm of where it was six months ago let alone a year ago i'm in the same boat loren and uh <laughs> I don't know if you guys know me well enough to realize that uh, I, I don't necessarily watch that stuff as closely as I should. At least I didn't up until the last year. You know, kind of, I've always been of the attitude: the price is a price. That's what I want. And if I don't, you know, if I if I don't want to pay the price, I don't purchase it. But there are some things now where you absolutely have to have it in order. You know, your kids need protein, they need vegetables, they need fruit, and so when you monitor the price of some of this stuff, you go, "Oh my word!" And you know, I can remember once a upon a time in a bag of groceries when you could actually get a bag at the grocery store uh you know it would be about 11 12 bucks per bag is sort of was uh the going rate well now that's completely out the window because i spent 235 bucks at the grocery store the other day i got home i put it all away i looked at jackie brett i go what did i even buy (laughs) like what did i even buy how many jugs of milk 
Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, we're on the almond milk now, which is five or six dollars for two liters of that stuff. Oh boy. Yeah. So the regular milk is out the window pretty much now. So. I'm at the point, I don't know about you, Brett, but I'll ask anyone in the store because I'm sometimes, I'll admit to not being super aware and I'll turn to the person next to me. I'm like, am I wrong or is this a great deal? Like, should I get this? And last week, this woman's like, oh yeah, this is a great deal. You should slow cook this roast, buy three or four of them, put them in the freezer. She gave me a recipe and now that's my new strategy. Ask the mom next to me what she thinks about the prices. Yeah, they know for sure. (laughs) You can weigh in at 204-780-6868. The United States is bracing for a truly hazardous storm system ahead of this holiday season. Yeah, and throughout this morning, we've been talking about the ripple effect, right? When different communities are impacted, different airports, it could have sort of this effect on on different cities down the road. So BC's dealing with snow, we're dealing with cold. Cold in the U.S., tens of millions are bracing for blizzards, ice, wind. I've looked at some headlines this morning where some forecasters are calling it a weather cyclone bomb. And so, Greg, it's moving into Montana, Idaho, and Oregon this morning, and then Minneapolis and Salt Lake City later today. Basically, a wide swath of the U.S. is being impacted. So we want to learn a little bit more about what's going on south as south of the line, as my Grammy used to say once upon a time. For more, we are joined by Paul Nutter of the National Weather Service. Where are we catching up to you this morning, Paul? Yeah, good morning. I'm in Great Falls, Montana. Well, uh, Montana, right in the heart of this, according to uh, one of the weather watchers uh, that I follow on Twitter, talking about the potential for wind chills as cold as minus 70 Fahrenheit in Wyoming and Montana. Is, is that accurate, Paul? Yeah, it is, in fact, accurate. The cold air has, has come into Montana already uh, overnight. Uh, and as I sit here this morning, I'm looking at a list of oh, about two dozen stations where the wind chill temperature is colder than minus 50. That's Fahrenheit at this point. Um, but the coldest I'm reading so far already this morning is minus 65 Fahrenheit. Uh, in in portions of north central montana over here what's that common for this time of year for temperature well common for temperatures this year the average temperature you just regular air temperature this time of year um is in the so high temperatures in in the upper 20s but we can have a wide wide range um so it turns out this, this cold that we're having in here, we're only going to be a few places might set some record low temperatures. Um, it's definitely unusual cold. We don't experience this every winter. Um, but on the other hand, we've, we've seen this. It has happened in the past. So we've, we're only going to be setting just a couple of places setting record cold. So we're talking, if I do that conversion from Fahrenheit to Celsius, you know, your average temperature might be minus 28 degrees Celsius, but with this cold snap, it could go as high as minus 50, minus 55, and, you know, in and around with the wind chill as well. And you mentioned that you've been through it before in some respects, uh, but for those that haven't, and especially in some of those communities further south, what are some of the concerns? Because, you know, where we are in Winnipeg, we build our homes for this kind of possibility. Our boots are rated to certain levels, but what about those in communities where they don't don't deal with this normally, Paul. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a challenge when it gets colder. Um, then we then then the buildings are prepared for. Definitely, if there's power outages, a power outage is always going to complicate um, any sort of uh, severe cold. So you want to make sure that we're ready for that. Have some extra blankets around. Um, you know, maybe even as the worst case, line up an alternative shelter in case you end up 
in a situation where maybe your community or your house loses power for an extended period of time, you may be needing to think about relocating to a, a different shelter where there is heat that's maintained. Paul, a uh, beautiful part of the world where you are, but you know, you're know you much more prepared for these sorts of things. But Lorenz sort of touched on the idea of this cold weather reaching deep into the south, into, into Texas, the Florida panhandle. These are places Canadians, and I'm guessing people who live in your part of the world, escape to in the wintertime in order to get some sun and, and to stay warm a little bit. How deep south uh, could this system go and, and impact uh, you know, people who are really not used to this. Yes, pretty much the entire eastern two-thirds of the, the lower continental U.S. here is expecting below average temperatures. Um, the, the coldest, the, the really cold air that we've talked about is really going to be confined to the, the western high plains, so Montana, Wyoming, maybe into portions of Colorado, the you know, in the Dakotas over here. But, but yeah, the cold front and the cold weather that, that's going to follow this major storm system as it continues to track into the northeastern U.S., um, definitely going to bring a chill to um, the entire eastern U.S. So, so below average temperatures, uh, and you know, I, I we have we have winter weather warnings that do extend all the way down towards into the southeastern U.S. So, um, definitely for those folks who are maybe not used to those those colder temperatures, um, those they're going to feel some level of impacts going all the way down into maybe even the southeastern U.S. And sorry, Paul, what, which areas are expected to see get hit hardest by snow? Uh, the hardest, the heaviest hit for the snow is going to be basically across the, the Great Lakes region, so areas, you know, to your south and east for anybody that might be heading into the states, heading south. So, um, you know, we're talking like Michigan, Wisconsin. Um, I've got blizzard warnings out for southern portions of Minnesota, you know, Iowa, the upper Mississippi River Valley area. All those areas in there are looking at a significant hit from snowfall. Before we let you go, Paul, I, I use the term bomb cyclone because I saw that in some headlines in the U.S. Is that a, an actual you know, meteorolo- meteorologi- meteorological term? Yes, it is. Actually, a bomb cyclone is a defined term, and it means that the pressure has fallen for more than we use the term millibar for pressure. And so it would be one millibar per hour for 24 hours. So it's a rapid deepening or a rapid, rapidly strengthening storm system that meets a particular criteria. All right. Well, we thank you very much for joining us this morning. Paul Nutter with the National Weather Service. Thank you, sir. All right. You're welcome. It is 812 with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Yeah, when I, I think when the, I sort of thought the same thing when I saw that term, Loren, bomb cyclone, and I thought, is this just like a, a clever headline? or Yes. You know, because we do things like snowmageddon or, you know, things like that. And those are terms that, you know, might be coined by a a person just traveling or by the media or what have you. But when I saw that, I thought, is that an actual thing? And I guess it is. Well, we had the polar vortex, I think, uh, a few years ago. That was a terminology that we weren't necessarily familiar with. And then the one on the West Coast that is far more common than I realized, the atmospheric river. But we were introduced to that because of the way it hit British Columbia a couple of, of springs ago. So uh, all sorts of uh, weather terminology that we're, we're learning on the fly here. What scene is that from what movie where they go into space and Owen Wilson asked them to describe what they're going to face when they land on the asteroid? Armageddon. And he, yes, and he lists all these terrible things. And then and then Owen's like, so worst case scenario, just yeah. say that. Just, just call it the worst possible imaginable scenario. And that's what this sounds like. <laughs> 
tackling McGarry McNabb. The Peak Daily Minute coming up in three minutes' time. Told you last half hour, Louis Riel School Division trustees there are recommending that masks come back to deal with absenteeism. Too many students and staff are homesick. And uh, Adam Wing and Greg at 204-780-6868. My kids go to school on the LRSD. I can say right now, thank God it's Christmas break at 2.30 today. I will not be sending them back to school in the new year with masks if it's only recommended. I think the the way it should be, if you come to school and you have a cough, then put on a mask. Uh, you shouldn't have to be told to wear a mask if you're perfectly fine. You can continue to weigh in at 204-780-6868 on our question of the day at cjob.com. Now, Loren, understand that uh, you've got some numbers on absenteeism. Well, one of our colleagues, uh, they're into this because they're kids in the Louis Riel School Division. So thank her for sending this info. But there was a report that was issued at this meeting last night that just talked about absenteeism. And yes, for sure, we know it's high. We've been talking about it for months now here on CJOB. But the bottom line is, according to this report, they have never seen numbers this bad, at least going back to 2014 when they, you know, the most recent measurable statistics. So absenteeism yeah, this fall is higher than it was even during the pandemic. So the average is 11.8% missing school this past fall compared to 9% in the fall last year, 8.7% the year before. Uh, and it was more like 6% seven or eight years ago. So we're almost double the number of kids who are out, whether it's for illness or other reasons. And so they're talking about bringing masks back or at least recommending them in the Louis L School Division. You know, there's a couple things here. Today's the last day of school for the holiday break. And you have to wonder if this is something they're talking about, obviously, for January, Greg. And then, then are there concerns that might we, will we see the sort of a resurgence again? Because, of course, m- many of us are going to get together and do things as we've been dying to do for two years. And so many people lamenting the fact, you know, talking about the shutdowns or remote learning and closing schools like they did, extended uh, the Christmas break uh, on either side. That was either last year or the year before. I quite frankly don't remember. But... Compare that to teachers who are out sometimes a week or more. Students, not all out for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days at the same time, but all different times. The impact on those classes, on those teachers and those kids to try and get caught up, it's it's just a a different issue, a different problem. One of my buddies has a a friend who's a teacher, not sure what school, not sure what division, but... uh, Last week, there was one day where they, 27 students in the class, three of them reported to class. Oh, wow. The rest were homesick. That's nuts. How do you, you're not even teaching in that scenario, right? Because yeah. you're, you can teach, but then the rest of the class misses it. You got to reteach again. It's got to be a real challenge. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are asking you about sportsmanship. Are you a good sport? Are you a bad sport? This is inspired by a situation that happened in a New York Islanders and Colorado Avalanche game where an Avalanche player appeared to have been tripped. The ref was about to call a penalty, and then he said, no, no, I just fell. There was no penalty there. So the ref called it off. You see players go to referees for all sorts of reasons to complain about all sorts of things. Uh, That's the first time I've been watching hockey for 47 years, Brett McGarry. I have never seen a player go to the ref and say, yeah, that's not a penalty. Do not call a penalty there. I just fell. I was not tripped. It was And you've never seen it in soccer. I can guarantee you that because they (laughs) roll over 97 times. I love watching them when they fall and they like lay there forever and peek through their fingers to see if the ref is going (laughs) to... 
You saw me roll 42 times, right? Like, I rolled. I'm in pain. No? I'll get up and keep running. Okay. Yeah, the best is when they do the slow motion replays and the guy, and there's, like, actually no contact. No. But he goes down like he's been shot. <laughs> but, oh, or they force themselves to flip. Like, you can see them, like, just keep rolling. Yeah, they're rolling. There was one of those uh, in the late uh, minutes of yes. the of the World Cup final. Yes. France was trying to draw a, another penalty shot inside the box, and uh, they showed the replay. And it's like, yeah, the Argentinian player didn't even touch the French player. Nice, but he went down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> so uh, I guess in this particular case, I'm the bad sport here because we say uh, hello to on the text line to an old friend, Kim Babbage Gazelle, who is in town visiting family, and she's stuck in Winnipeg actually for a few extra days because her flight home was canceled yesterday. Uh, so, but she said, "Hey, if you ever want to visit, we're we get to golf in January out west." So I said, "Hi, Kim." Get lost with your January golf. Yeah. <laughs> and Mer- and, but Merry Christmas. Well, Follow yeah. up, I'll see you January 10th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's all happy that Kim's here. She's listening to the show. We actually get to have her home for a little bit longer. Sorry you're having trouble with your travel plans. And then she throws that knife into your back. Because <laughs> that was meant exclusively for you. No, she's offering him a place. To, I, she's trying to be kind. Yeah. I know. It's a humble I know, bread. and that's why it's I'm being bread. a bad sport. Humble bread. <laughs> I'm being a... I'm being a uh, no bacon, no golf for Brett. Oh, the golf, the, the bacon thing. We did suss out what happened there. So I was wondering because um, Ian Smith, we spoke to just after seven o'clock. He's a farmer in Argyle. His website, naturalpork.ca. And he uh, reminded us that you and Loren tried some of his bacon, some of his food. Yes. And, then it, and then this is back in 2020. So we've sussed out what happened. It looks like he emailed you, Greg. You replied to him and carbon copied Loren and I on said email. So that's where I would have seen the the offer. You both accepted his offer. That's correct. I did not. For whatever it's reason, taken. I failed to. I know. I must have just seen the because he the reply. He, Greg replied at six fifty two a.m. So I probably <laughs> saw it and said, "I'll read that later," and just never read it. And. Um, yeah, but he did get back and said, I'll, I'll get some bacon for the complainer. So <laughs> he texted us to say, I'll get some bacon for the complainer. Apparently it's excellent bacon, yes? Oh, yes. excellent doesn't even really cover it. It's stupendous. You're going to want to eat it just as is, like yeah. just make a bowl of it. Yeah, the only, no accoutrements. The only bacon. restaurant bacon that comes close is Clementine's. And if you've had brunch there, the thick cut bacon there is is just, oh. Beyond uh, beyond words. But as far as the good sportsing ship goes, Manitoba Moose tickets coming your way to Mike Mascal, who says, uh, I hope this counts as a good sport. It was about 20 years ago, and I was working at the aircraft maintenance hangar here in Winnipeg. I was on a crew of about 30 mechanics, and our foreman gave us a bit of a dressing down one morning for something or other. After he angrily left the room, I made some disparaging remark about him. Unbeknownst to me, his daughter was also on our crew. Uh-oh. And in the coming days, it became obvious that our working friendship has somehow soured. Uh, turn that music down just a little bit, Tyson. A week of this cold shoulder went on until one other mechanic explained the father-daughter team to me. The day after New Year's, I took her aside and explained how bad I felt and how stupid I was. And short of bowing down in front of her, I apologized profusely. She accepted with a small tear in her eyes and then gave me a small hug. Our friendship was restored, and for that, I was glad. I'd say that counts as a good sport. He sucked it up in the face of defeat. That's right. There you go. Realized his mistake, made amends, 
things are good now. There you go, Mike. You're going to see the Manitoba Moose on January 21st.